It really is that simple and it is that difficult. Jesus' words don't just sound black and white. His words are black and white. It is all or it is nothing. You're either in or you are out. When we consider our faithfulness or what what the Christian life looks like, his words are, are likely not the first that come to mind. At least not when I think about Christianity. We don't often talk about the demands and the sacrifices. Not really. Not, not really. Too often, we turn Christianity into a, into a set of beliefs and, and rituals. We show up on the high holy days. We know the Lord's Prayer. We give, kind of, sometimes. But oftentimes, we are divorced from a way of being and actually living a Christian life. So what do we do with today's text, this so-called good news? I suspect that at first, our first temptation is to, to soften the text, to make it more approachable, explain it away, to reinterpret it to fit into our our own lives. Jesus doesn't want me to sell all my possessions. He's, he's telling me to just purge my basement because I'm, I'm a hoarder. And so if I purge my basement, I'll have more space to get more things. It really is a practical, practical statement of guidance. No. No, that just doesn't, that doesn't work. And honestly, when we try to explain it away or we try to soften it, it's just another symptom of our our consumerism that has infected every aspect of our society and our faith. Too often we treat our faith, our Christianity, like a big buffet. We take as much of what we want and like and leave behind what we do not like. What's too hard for us to swallow? What we disagree with? Or, or what does not fit into our, our, our personal opinions and beliefs? We don't want to be uncomfortable. And yet, that's not how the Gospels portray Jesus or discipleship. If we're only taking what fits nicely into our lives, well, then we're deceiving ourselves and and each other. Sometimes we need to have demands and expectations placed upon us. Don't you think? Don't you think? Yes. Yes. I mean, consider, consider parenting. For those of you who are parents or, or those of you who have fur babies at home, like myself, good parents know this. There must be demands. There must be expectations. You need to eat it because it's good for you. You need to do this or that because it's the right thing to do. I expect you to study hard and do your homework. I expect you to make good friends, make good choices. 
a good parent demands and expects out of love, out of hope, so that their child might grow and, and thrive. Demands and expectations are, are good. To me, that seems to be what Jesus is doing here today. His demands and his expectations call us to be different, call us to be fully alive, to be like him. It's the same choice that that Moses set before the Israelites, the choice between life and prosperity, or the choice between death and and adversity. That's the choice with which Christ confronts the crowds and us in today's gospel. Three things. The cost of discipleship. Hate your family and your life. Carry the cross. Give up your possessions. Those three things shaped his life in ministry. And they are to shape ours as well. And as a point of assurance, Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he did not do himself. So I know you're all wondering, did Jesus really hate Mary? She went through a lot for him. (laughs) She gave birth in a barn. (laughs) No, I, I, I do not believe that Jesus hated Mary or Joseph. Not in the emotional sense by which we understand hate. I do think, though, strongly that Jesus reordered his relationships, his priorities in life. It was God first, always God first. And you see that even in the, in the phrase of, of hate your own life. When he put God's will before his own, his life became secondary to God. In the possessions piece, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus gives primacy to his relationship with God, not his relationship to things. Discipleship really is a question about priorities. Really. Jesus is asking us to do and be what he did and who he was. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is a learner, one who learns to live and act and speak and think like the teacher. The disciple integrates the teacher's life and teachings into his or her own life. Now, I realize you're all probably still on that piece about, I kind of like my husband, and I really love my Banana Republic clothes. (laughs) Really do. I can't give that up. The cost is too high. There's too much sacrifice. But let's put it into perspective a little bit. 
we sacrifice things all the time in our lives. Consider, for instance, all the years of study you've sacrificed for your education. Consider, for instance, all the years, the hours, the long weekends that you sacrificed to succeed in your career. Consider all the time and the money that you sacrificed so that your family can have nice things. You can have a nice home. Think about all the dessert that you sacrificed for a healthy life. Some of you. We know how to make sacrifices and pay the cost. We do it because these things are important to us. They are priorities for us. We do it because, honestly, there's nothing wrong with these things. They're good and important aspects of our lives. But they do lead to inevitable question. What cost are you willing, what sacrifice are you willing to make to be a disciple of Christ? I don't know the answer. It's different for for each of us. But I am certain that the answer will involve reordering your priorities. Learning to be like Jesus is not just another priority, though, one among many. It is to be the priority. And it has consequences on our relationships, our time, our money, our work, our energy, and our effort. No part of our life is to be left untouched. If we want to know what our priority is, what orients, drives, directs our life. We need only look at the choices that we make, the words that we speak, how we do life day to day, the ways in which we spend our time, our money, our energy. What do those choices say about you? Do they reflect Jesus? They reflect your journey of learning to be like Jesus. There's a reason biblical scholars call today's gospel lesson one of those hard sayings. Because it offers challenging words and difficult questions. They are, however, words and questions that offer life. And isn't that why you showed up here today, besides to see me? Aren't you here because you want life? We want to be fully alive. We want to be real and authentic. We want to be like Jesus. Right? So let's not diminish the power and the gift of his words. Let's not soften them. Let's not whittle them away. 
Let's not lose this moment. Let's not leave here the same person we were when we came in. What is one thing, just one thing, big or small, start small, that you could do or you could give up that changes your priorities, that reorders your relationships, that gives precedence to your faith in Jesus.